As promised, folks, uh, we have Phelan uh, McAleer joining us. And uh, this movie, we've been talking about it for a few weeks now, the uh, Gosnell uh, movie, The Untold Story of America's Most Prolific Serial Killer. And uh, Phelan McAleer, along with his writing partner, Ann McElhenney, they are investigative journalists and filmmakers. And uh, McAleer, he was the crime correspondent for the Sunday Times of London and the foreign correspondent for the Financial Times. And, uh, you know, people say journalism is dead. No, no, my friends, journalism is not dead. You just won't find it in a lot of your mainstream places. You'll find it with people like uh, this fine person we have. And uh, and Philem, thank you so much uh, for writing the book and, and helping with the film. And uh, thank you so much for joining us here on The Really Real Deal. Well, thank you for having me on. It's, it's great to be on the show. Yeah, yeah. And uh, my sweet Mrs. Hatchett and I, we went and uh, we saw the movie a few days ago. And uh, it's a tough movie to watch. Uh, but it, it was a, a good movie. And I was struck by the silence in the theater and how, you know, after the movie was over and the um, – the the uh the the true photographs of the actual crime scene was played repeatedly while the credits ran and it was like identical to the movie even down to uh Gosnell playing classical piano music on his piano you know while this house full of police officers went through his house to find all this evidence um, and it reminded me of the Nazis who pretended to be uh, very high class while they were murdering. Yeah, I mean, what you've said is similar to lots of people. Everyone says everyone sits to the credits, and then when the credits end, there's just silence in the theater. They've never seen this before in, in, in a movie house. And, you know, one thing I would say is, you know, for anyone listening to the film, I hope you'd agree, isn't gory. It's yeah, no, it's show. not gory. It's just the subject matter. Uh, yeah, you're right. You could take your teenage, um, you could take your teenage kids to see it. It's not uh, a slasher movie. There's no, um, there's no um, surgical pictures of, of you know anything like that. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, so we're very careful that it's PG thirteen. Yeah, we're also very careful. We want we did put those pictures at the end to show to people. You know this crazy stuff that you think we made up? It's actually true. So, yeah. you know, so, so whilst this woman was prosecuting America's biggest serial killer, she had, to, she had to fill out EPA permission slips and forms for moving his turtles because they were endangered species. This was a man who was yeah, that was tens of... And the judge, yeah. the, that, that judge, that female, this is a female judge now who, yes. that where they went to get the, um, I think they went to get the uh, search warrants or to get the process started to go to the grand yeah. jury. She wanted to, oh, now, don't you make this about abortion because I'm yeah, pro-choice. Yeah. But this same judge gave her grief over the man's turtles because they were some kind of an endangered turtle. And, yeah. I mean, you, you, you know, the director really did a great job directing and showing these contrasts. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's right. Nick Searcy did a great job. And, and you know, the reason we put those photographs at the end, and, you, and you, again, you know, this is, we have, there's a scene in the movie where people are going around his house in hazmat suits, 
you know, with fleas everywhere. Uh, yes. and, and there's a scene in it where Gosnell is playing classical music, and you think, oh, that's a nice scene in a movie. You know, it's kind of weird and kind of creepy. And then at the end, we have we have the video that the police took mm-hmm. of him playing classical music while the <laughs> FBI and police are searching his house. It's yeah. all through. Uh, you know, the crazy bits, you know, and remember there's a scene in it where he, he after doing a procedure, he starts eating food with, with bloody gloves. That's true as well. I mean, all this, he he had food during procedures. You know, this is a this is a deeply creepy man. This is a, a, a but we were very careful. We stuck as close as we could to the actual trial transcripts yeah. because we wanted this to be true. Uh, because the truth will set you free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then also, you know, Tom Ridge. Uh, I was talking about this earlier in the program. Uh, Republican, pro-choice. You know, and, 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 you know, these folks, they try their best to try to meet Democrats halfway. You know, I'll give them a little bit of what they want. Oh, abortion, that's no big deal. I'll meet them halfway. And, you know, for 17 years, because of this guy, the uh, health department was instructed uh, not to inspect aborticide clinics where, you know, uh, a place that does your fingernails, they have to be inspected. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Fingernail clinics, fingernail, fingernail salons, whatever you call the, the where, where women go, you know, and get their nails done. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they were closed down because they were too dusty or using the wrong chemicals or whatever. Literally, bodies were being carried out of Gosnell's clinic, and literally, and I don't mean yeah. metaphorically, the bodies were piling up in his cellar. Uh, yeah, uh, and uh, then you showed actual footage of the bags. I mean, and there was one like in his refrigerator, and it was in a juice carton that yeah. he had cut the top of it and then stuck a bag down in it. Yeah. yeah I mean, and, but, and cats everywhere. And, yeah. I mean, just cats. It, it was horrible. Yeah, that's it. the cats everywhere. And, uh, you know, if, if you had walked into that clinic once, you'd have seen that that, that it shouldn't exist. But, but, but you know, for 17 years, it went uninspected. 17 years. Yeah. Uh, that allowed them to just go on, kill and kill and kill. But, you know, again, it's a horrible story, but we do it very tastefully. We do it palatably. We do it so that people can bring their teenage children to it. And it's amazing. So I've had so You're many changing hearts. Yeah. Speaking of yeah. changing hearts and minds, I, I, this, I'm real curious about this. There was a female doctor who testified, and because her stated reason for testifying was that she wanted to get out in the public record that not all clinics that perform aborticide were nasty uh, places like Dr. Gosnell's uh, clinic where with, with your bodies everywhere and filth and, you know, like literally a house of horrors. And so she's up there trying to be, again, like the Nazis, dignified and you know, you, she's using the Queen's English, and she's making a big deal over the fact that before they pull the uh, baby out, you know, they like to use the term fetus, okay? But before they pull the baby out, that the baby is not alive, okay? But you're only talking about the difference of a few seconds, okay? They reach inside, collapse the baby's skull, suck the, what she calls it, gray matter. It's You're sucking the baby's brain out. And the, the uh, defense attorney 
He did. Did he do that? I mean, was that literally from the transcript? Because he literally, sh- literally from the transcripts. And for us, that's the most important part of the film, right? And you know, that that's an actual. Uh, he shredded her. He shredded her, of course. Yeah, he course. he brilliantly shredded her, and but and but now the actress portrayed a look of horror on her face as though this defense attorney had just busted her and given her maybe to the actress it seemed like an aha moment like okay I'm I'm saying that this is um abortion and it's nice and neat and clean but did that woman have a repentance after that because she had said she had done 30,000 abortions and she was proud of the fact that they had been uh killed inside the womb and then if they happened to live after that then they they just basically let the baby die rather than take no, scissors and no, no, cut the head she off. didn't say they let the baby die she said they give it comfort care comfort yeah. care right, yeah she said that but the but the uh the attorney the defense yeah. attorney for Gosnell he said, oh, so basically you let it die. Yeah. Yeah. But did she have a repentance? Did she, after that, did she continue to perform abortions or did she repent? No, she's still at it. And, and, and just to let you know, the actual number, the, when the doctor gave evidence, the actual number of, of abortions was 40,000. But we changed it in the script. One of the few changes we made was to 30,000 because we thought no one would believe anyone would do 40,000 wow. abortions. Wow. Wow. But now I'm curious, did she repent? Because the way the actress portrayed it, it's like the actress was, it's like the defense attorney held a mirror up in front of this doctor. And this doctor, it seems like the way the actress portrayed it is like she saw herself for the first time, which is this is one of the things that our Christian faith is supposed to do to us. We is supposed to hold a mirror up in front of ourselves so that we can see that we, too, are in need of repentance and the grace of God. And I'm curious as to did this doctor. Because that's the seems like that's the way the actress portrayed it. And I'm wondering, how could you see yourself that way and then go back to your old life? You know, I, I don't know what she did, uh, what the what the doctor did after that. But but it, you know, how do you but how do you admit that you've killed forty thousand people? I mean, imagine yeah. that. Imagine you imagine you realize, oh my God, what I've done is wrong. These are human beings. Then you have to look at yourself in the mirror and say, I have I have killed forty thousand people. There, I'm one of the biggest killers in history. In history, every day I've got up, all I've done every day, all day is kill people. Wow! Wow! And, the, and look, and they're getting very well paid to do that. Gosnell had rolls of cash, a, a great big locker full of uh, cash. I mean, yeah. it was, it was yeah, like a Gosnell, bank vault in his house. When they raided the house, they found $250,000 in wow. cash. And he had 17 properties in Philadelphia. Wow. 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 Yeah. Nice business. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean... Oh, gosh. It's um, I mean, this stuff puts uh, Hitler and um, and Dr. Mengele. It it seems like it almost puts them to shame. Well, you know, this is this is the America we live in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And these 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 babies, um, 
Wow. And, and, and you know, uh, it was also good the way the movie ended. It ended on a positive note. There was a woman who got away from the clinic. And even though they were trying to tell her, well, it's too late, you can't go because we've already started. But she didn't care. She got up and ran out of the clinic. And she, after the trial was over, she walked up and introduced to the uh, prosecutor her little girl. And she said, my little girl starts kindergarten today. Yep. That's a, that's another true story. So that was a, that was a story. That was a piece of evidence given in the grand jury uh, by a, by a woman who who tried to have her operation reversed. Gosnell refused to cooperate and wouldn't you know start. You you're not getting your money back. Refused to help. Reversed. She went to the hospital and 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 and, and tried to get them to reverse it. She'd finished giving her evidence, and, and and somebody in the grand jury says, "No, no, you have to tell us what happened when you went to the hospital." She says, "Oh." It, it worked out. My child started kindergarten today. The grand jury in Philadelphia got up and started applauding her. It's the first time in history that a grand jury in, in Philadelphia has ever applauded a witness. Wow. Mm. God bless that woman. Yeah, she, wow. she, has, she has a baby now. And then the crazy thing, the actress who was playing her has exactly the same story. She went in and reversed an abortion uh, uh, after, after she started it, and her child is at school now. Wow. Yeah, can you hold on a few minutes? We need to take a quick break. Quick. Oh, okay. A man and his microphone. Brother Craig. And I heard, as it were, the noise of thunder. One of the four beasts saying, come and see. And I saw, and behold, a white horse. There's a man going round taking names. And he decides who to free and who to blame. Everybody won't be treated all the same. There'll be a golden ladder reaching down when the man comes around. The hairs on your arm will stand up at the terror in each sip and in each sup. Will you partake of that last offered cup or disappear? Into the potter's ground when the man comes around. Hello, Virginia. Brother Craig here with a little message about giving out of the abundance that God has blessed you with. If this great nation is going to be saved, then we in the Christian Conservative Constitutional Coalition have to be in the vanguard. There are so many brave and God-fearing groups and individuals engaged in the battle of this rendezvous with destiny. There are social welfare groups like the Salvation Army at SalvationArmyUSA.org. 
Military groups like Special Operations Wounded Warriors at SOWWCharity.com. Christian groups like the Virginia Christian Alliance at VAChristian.org and SaltAndLightCouncil.org. And there's also churches and others, many, many very worthy groups out here doing the Lord's work. So we support not only our own group, thefirstamendmentinc.com, which keeps us on the air, but the main thing for you, the listener, is to give. Give somewhere, give generously, and give often. And give in the measure that God has given to you. Thank you, Virginia, and God bless you. Feeling my way through the darkness Guided by a beating heart I can't tell where the journey will end But I know where to start Welcome back to the program, America. Your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig, coming back at you live here on America's Big Dog Radio Program, the place where you get truth, folks, from the Christian conservative constitutional capitalistic perspective. Our guest uh, with us is Fela McAleer. He's part of the writing team that uh, wrote the book about uh, Gosnell. And um, Mrs. Hatchett and I went to see the movie a few days ago. And you really, folks, you have to go see this movie and you have to order this book. And um, Fela, thank you so much. And uh, now you and uh, Ann McElhenney, Okay, uh, you are you are writing team all the time. Yes, yes, yes. We're on, and we're married. Oh, and you're married. Okay, yes. <laughs> seventeen years last week. Oh, congratulations! Years. Wow. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, and I, I understand that um, someone had told me that she was in the um, courtroom. Uh, during the trial, and uh, and that as she saw the proceedings, that she said, "I have to write this as a book." And well, funny, funny. It's not quite. I was I was in the courtroom, mm-hmm. and I I came back to LA where we're where we're living, and I said, "This, this we should we need to do something about this." Oh. And she says, "No, no, we don't do abortion. You know, we we don't do abortion." And then I ordered the transcripts, and once she started reading the transcripts, she said, "This is our project now. This oh, is our project." Well, God bless. In fact, of in fact, she's just walking into the room right now. She might, she, she might make me a cup of tea too. Oh, <laughs> well, we'd love to. We, she, if she wants to chime in, we'd love to have her. Oh, oh, oh no, she's just opened the door and let her cats out now. Oh, okay. There's chaos in this house at the moment. <laughs> but that's great. That's great. And you know, and another thing too, I was, I was sharing. Uh, with the audience, and this was in my open today, that, um, you know, people say journalism is dead. And I and I say, no, journalism is not dead, okay? There are people like you and your wife. They're, you know, um, this, well, uh, this yeah. guy, O'Keefe, who does all these undercover yeah. stings. Uh, journalism is alive and well. I'm, I'm a member of, of the journalism, you know, I, I'm, I'm a member. So uh, journalism yeah. is alive and well. Yeah, well, I mean, it's great, actually. But journalism is so bad that it gives opportunities for myself and Anne. Would you like to speak to Anne here? I would love to. Okay. Anne? We lost them? Oh, okay. All right. Wow. 
All right. So let's um, where we have eight minutes. Maybe we can try to get them back. But um, it, this was just uh, folks. You have to see this movie, and you know, and seeing this is what I, I was sharing in our open to the uh, the program today. That there are people, you know, you you out there, you in the audience, you ordinary people, you're trying to live your life, and you're being bombarded here. We have a uh, midterm election coming up, and you have these same two sides that you here. always Hello? have. Oh Hello? yes, yes. Okay, yeah, we got you guys back. Yes. Hi there. Good morning. Good morning. I just, you know, my wife and I, we went to see your movie, and uh, I didn't know this was a husband wife team effort and i just want to say god bless you and congratulations on 17 years of marriage that your husband just shared with us thank you very much yes we're very we're very happy we're yes it's a miracle yeah yeah and and i just want to say also that uh we were talking about journalism the state of journalism today and that uh you know because the big boys are so um in the pocket of the the largest um the largest special interest in the world, which is big government, it creates so many opportunities for other people to take up the mantle of journalism. And you and your husband seem to be doing that so well. Yeah, that's a very good way of describing it. Actually, it's very true. You know, uh, if, if if journalists, you know, if if they don't want to tell the story, you know, don't want to do their job, well, we're very happy to do it. Actually, you know, yeah. Um, I mean, this story, this Gosnell story, it's 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 a um, it's a scandal. The level to which this was never publicized, it's really scandalous. I've just come from Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, actually, where the Department of Health, where the Pennsylvania Department of Health oh, is wow. housed. Yeah, and I did, I did a speech there to 500 people the other night, and I was, you know, basically saying, you know, to this day, as I recount what happened with the Pennsylvania Department of Health, I mean, it remains, you know, it's not like anything has changed. It's not like the culture has changed, because nobody knows the story. Mm-hmm. I mean, one just one little tiny detail, which of course you know because you guys and your wife saw the you saw the movie. Mm-hmm. But the Department of Health in Harrisburg, you know, had on the night of the raid, which you saw in the movie, you know, they had the FBI, the DEA, the DA's yes. office, and the Philadelphia Police plus two. In in, in in reality, it was two nurses from the Department of Health in the movie. We have just one, mm-hmm. but actually two two nurses. They walk into this place where there are cats walking around, where there's cat feces, where there's babies' remains in bags all over the place, including in the freezers and the fridges, where there is a 15-year-old who is working as the anaesthetist, where there are untrained, um, all the other staff are untrained. The place is extraordinarily unsanitary. There is single-use instruments being reused, um, and there is expired medicines. And there is a woman lined up wanting to have an abortion. And the two nurses, who are incapable of making a decision about whether or not that's a good idea, phone their higher-ups. They phone not one, not one higher up. They phone the first higher up, and that first higher up phones her higher up, and all of them agree that he should go ahead and do the abortion in those circumstances. Wow. So you know, and I just said to the people in Harrisburg, I said, you know, I don't believe anything has changed. I don't believe anyone has learned anything. I don't believe the Department of Health in Harrisburg has changed. And if they're like that in Harrisburg, in Progressive Pennsylvania, you watch out. Because they're like that everywhere. And it just tells you something about mm-hmm. how, pro- how protected abortion is. That yeah. no matter what, no matter how unsanitary the situation was, no matter how much at risk the woman was, you had to go ahead with the abortion. That was the priority. Mm-hmm. That was such a priority item that nothing else mattered. And these people put aside all the normal standards of decency, civility, anything that they'd learned in, in medical school. They put all of that aside 
because abortion has got to be protected. Wow. It is shocking. I mean, it's really shocking. So we're happy to be the people who are going to report that and have people in Pennsylvania and the rest of the country know that this happened in America and not in some backwater and not in some other century. This happened now. This happened this century. Yeah. And we think of past centuries where they had, uh, we, we read in books about child sacrifice and we read yeah. in the Bible about the Temple of Baal. Uh, yes. the, the God of child sacrifice and, and we and people uh, there are many Christians that don't realize we are living in the in the time of Baal in 2018. Yes, absolutely. Wow. wow. Now you know, we, we, we have a minute know, and a half left yes, real quick. Please. The woman, the young woman who was the blogger uh, who got the media, who shamed the media into doing their job. What became of her? Well, so she's not, she's not kind of real. She is a composite character. She represents a couple of people, most particularly Molly Hemingway, and that's why her name is Molly. But she represents Molly Hemingway and a local journalist in Philadelphia called J.D. Mullane. So J.D. Mullane is this local journalist in Philadelphia who took the famous photograph of the empty seats. Um, oh. And he, in fact, he, in fact, it's very interesting, his story, he identified as pro-choice prior to reporting on this story and became pro-life because of it. Wow. And he said it's got nothing to do with religion, he said. It's got, it's got to do with being a human being. Wow. And Molly Hemingway, who writes for The Federalist and writes for Get Religion, a blog called Get Religion, she's just a w- wonderful person. She's, she was very active on Twitter, writing to The Washington Post, CNN, New York Times, and all mm-hmm. of these saying, where are you? Where are you? Why aren't you reporting on this? Um, and she continues to do that. And you can find her on Twitter, Molly, Molly Hemingway. She's a we, great girl. We'll look her up. Thank you and your husband so much. And God bless you. Thank you. Make sure you go to the movie. Make sure everyone goes to the movie. This We're going to keep pumping it. Yes. Important. Thank you. All right. Bye, bye you. now. All Bye-bye. right.